ABC's a Greek. Oh, the ABC's a Greek. The ABC's a Greek. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the ABCs of Greek. I'm Thomas. I'm Erin. And I'm Jacqueline. And this is a podcast where we recap the ABC Family original series Greek episode by episode. Hey guys, welcome back. So great to see and hear everyone. Um, Just wanted to remind you guys to continue subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. And now that the actor strike is over, we're really excited to get more guests on the show now that we're all cleared to do that. And so we would love if you could get us to 150 reviews. Um, And then we will be releasing a special episode that we have planned with details to come. So don't forget, we love five stars. Anything constructive, pair it with a four or five star. It's totally fine. Um, Great. Anyway, take it away. So today we are recapping season three, episode 17, The Big Easy Does It. And the original air date was March 8th, 2010. It was directed by Fred Savage. (gasps) My God. Wait, has he directed before? Yeah. He's back. And it was written by Patrick Sean Smith, Casey Johnson, and David Windsor. The IMDb summary was Mardi Gras celebrations are underway. I have to say, this school is in Ohio. Did we celebrate Mardi Gras? Like, does, is this a thing? Um, No, I had a roommate who went to New Orleans for Mardi Gras once. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also a religious holiday. Like, it's tied to religion. Right? Lent. Yeah. 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 Um, can I say two things? Mm-hmm. Happy Thanksgiving. Mm. <laughs> if you guys want to say it back, go ahead. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes, this is being released, what, two days before Thanksgiving, right? I have that cracked, right? Oh, right. yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and then also on Fred Savage, did I talk about on the pod how my dad was sitting in front of the um, Pod Meets World hosts at the Phillies game a few weeks ago? And no. How he was saying that I should reach out to them and maybe get them on this pod because they would remember him. Um, but Ben Savage famously not a part of Pod Meets World, so not totally related to what would happen beef. What would happen if you just called Taylor up? What would happen if you just called Taylor up? Apparently they were talking about how there is beef to my dad. Like to just random people at the Phillies game. These (laughs) Disney Channel stars are wilding out about their like decades old beef. Like I know. We have Christy Carl Christy Carlson out here with her podcast, The Girl from That's a Raven. She's can't stop talking. Thomas will not. He sends us exclusively like Christy Carlson. Long form Christy Carlson Romano content. <laughs> Everything she does is long form. Everything she does is long form. The girl can't do short form. Even Stevens was great though. She was, and she was excellent. Even Stevens and Cadet Kelly. Uh, and Kim Possible and Ron Stoppable back to Pod Meets World. It's all <laughs> related on our podcast. It is Mardi Gras at CRU, and we see Casey and Cappy wake oh, up really? canoodling, and Dump Truck is bringing them beers in bed. It's a B and B. Beers in bed. 
And it's a Mardi Gras breakfast beer, he says, in case he's like, I can't drink this. I have the LSAT today. She seems really chill in this opening scene about the fact that she has the LSAT. And this starts a prolonged question I have. She takes this test at like, what, 3 p.m.? Also studied for about two weeks. (laughs) I thought like because she was being so like chill about it being day of, I thought like halfway through the episode, I was like, wait, did I like, did she just say it was this weekend earlier? Like I thought she said it was today, but it is that day. It is that day. But aside from that, it doesn't make, none of the timeline of this test makes any sense. Like again, this show and its timeline is insane. You can't take the test in the spring. You would have already applied by this point. It's like, what, what time is Mardi Gras? Like April? March, like March, maybe February. You can't, uh, you have to have all your applications in by like January. Like you would have had to take the LSAT in fall. I took Mardi Gras this year is February 13th. It's, this is a crazy timeline. She wouldn't be able to take the LSAT this late. I don't even think they offer it that late. If they do, it would be for the next year. Like it's people taking it then to apply the next year and it's maybe their first time taking it. It makes no sense. Also, they don't offer these tests at like three in the afternoon. You, They're like a four hour test. You go in at like nine. Yeah, no later than the summer or fall of the year in which you intend to apply. I think Joel got her a special um a Well, she would have already applied she would have already applied a it full year matter. or more before you attend to begin law school. <laughs> yes, I know. Not only that, as someone who took the GRE, which is not as serious of a test at all as the LSAT, you literally have to get there at like, mine was on Halloween. And it was like, I had to get to Glendale where I was taking a test at like 730 in the morning. The test started at like eight or something. So I thought you were talking about GED for a second. And I was like, yeah. Why? They they're such long tests that you have to start so early. It takes your whole day. So she's she does so many things before this point. It's yeah, crazy. she's like just kind of like lounging in bed, like, oh, the LSAT's later. She's at about day. five or six different locations throughout the day. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Anyway, so she's not so stressed in the beginning of this episode, at least. Also, sorry, choosing to spend the night at, before at the KT house is a while. I know. It's the way that she's treating the test is so confusing. The whole this whole storyline of the test is confusing to me. So um she like says, you know, wow, we're really growing up. Have you picked a major yet? And he says he's picked three. And we know obviously from the last episode that he doesn't intend to graduate ever. So we know that he's like being weird and elusive and Casey kind of picks up like on this. She's like, are you taking any of this seriously? He's like, yeah, yeah, I I want you to focus on your test. So now he's also a liar. And he says, you know, when you're done with the LSAT, because he never says LSAT actually, he just calls it her test. So he says, when you're done with the test, you should come by the Mardi Gras party. Then he wants to like put the Mardi Gras beads on her and she's like, no, it's okay. Mm -hmm. And Beaver opens the door and outside of Cappy's door is like a a huge party already started like it's the first massive. parade of the day yeah and um and Casey's like go play with your friends and he gets really excited and runs out the door and he says good luck on our test again this would disgust me if if I was taking the LSAT the day that my boyfriend was waking up at 9 a.m to drink a beer and we were 22 I ew no no jail prison anyway 
Um, so now we see Dana and Rusty walking through campus. Um, and she's like, are we going to go to the lab later? And he says, sure, but he has to go leave early to set up for a KT party. And she kind of is like, oh yeah, your frat life. Like this starts like an episode long of Dana doing this weird, like quote frat voice. Like every time she talks to Rusty. She does do that a lot. Yeah, she like throws her voice to make fun of him. She's like, oh, you're a frat guy, which like is only funny when I do it. So I actually don't like this. So sorry, Dana. Um, and he's like, oh, I'm bringing a date. Um, and he's actually going to go pick her up right now. Like he's uh, he's going to go see his date right now. And he asked Dana if that's weird to talk about with her because of their whole kind of how they became friends or whatever how she asked him out basically but then also told him she hated him in the same breath and um she's like no no we're friends it's you know not a big deal we're over the will that will they won't they hump and so he's like oh like he's very excited by this he's like I've never really had a girl pause friend but at first he says I've never really had a girlfriend and she goes doesn't surprise me and then he's like no girl pause friend right (laughs) which is funny roasted yeah and so then he's like okay well let me introduce you to my date and she goes Dana says oh is it some vapid sorority girl I hate women hating women yeah so I guess I'm continuing the cycle oh my god I can't believe I just said that I mean you know I love women even if they hate you love Dana you just hate that she hates other women I don't know that I love Dana well I I do feel like who I want to see in a ring together, if you're asking me that, I want to see Jordan and Dana fight it out. Oh, yeah. WrestleMania. They walk up and they see Catherine and she's looking cute as ever. Happy-go-lucky Catherine. And she's reading some like German comic or something that she starts explaining. I didn't get what it was. It flew over my head if you guys did. And she just starts talking a mile a minute. He introduces Dana to Catherine. She immediately knows like what Dana's major is like so well. She can understand it fully, which takes Dana back. Like she's like, can't process that this, you know, blonde bombshell understands physics. And um, then (laughs) Catherine's like, oh, I have these Mardi Gras masks that I brought for you to try on Rusty. to make sure they don't overpower your small head oh is it with a smile on your her face and rusty's happy about it he's like okay he's like processing he's like oh like (laughs) (laughs) yeah um and dana like looks like shocked like she can't believe that this girl could be both smart and pretty and potentially funny so Casey is studying in the ZVZ house. But at the she does say she likes her. Yeah, she does. She does. Everyone loves Kay. How do you know not? She's very likable. So Casey's studying at the ZVZ house, like at the dining room table. And I wrote, when the hell is this test? Because it's got to be like 10 a.m. at this point, at least. Um, And so Ashley walks in and she's like, oh, are you going to go to the Mardi Gras party at Dobbler's? Evan and Rebecca are going to go together. And Pete's coming from his lacrosse game. And she just keeps going on and on about how Mardi Gras is like the perfect holiday or whatever. And Casey's like, I'm not going. I have to take the LSAT. 
And so Ashley apologizes and she's like, oh my gosh, how do I, did I forget about the most important test of your life? And it's like, Casey's forgotten about this too, dude. Like she's barely. Yeah. And you no see stress. Casey, yeah. You see Casey get like, kind of like anxious at Ashley saying that. And then Ashley tells her to relax. Like she's like, it's no, it'll be fine. It's no big deal. I'm like, I actually do think Casey needs to be more stressed out about this test. Like she should be in a, li- a library, perhaps. She should have taken it the year before. Yeah. Yeah. Only a year later. Or that summer and go the next, well. Yeah, she shouldn't be applying to law school this year. Let's just be honest. She should hold off a year. Then Laura like marches in and is really mad that she got designated sober sister. And Ashley tells her, well, like you missed the meeting. So you got voted sober sis. And Laura's like, well, don't make your meeting so boring. And maybe I would show up. And then we see Dale walk up and Laura immediately is like, okay, Dale, like you're going to be the sober sister tonight. And Dale says he can't because he's going to the KT Mardi Gras party. She's like, why are you going there? You don't even drink. He says he's going to show people how to have fun without drinking. And then Dale comes over to Casey and like tries to give her a study snack. And it has some kind of like fishy thing in it. Like medley and berries. Fish sticks and blueberries. It's very aquamarine. Yeah, it's for like the antioxidants and such. Oh, Brain the omega, the omega yeah. chi fatty acids. The omega chi fatty, exactly. Yeah. Call back. She <laughs> says no thanks. And like the room starts just getting really busy with a bunch of girls. And so she's like, I don't know why I could study. I thought I could study here. And she leaves. And Ashley eats it. <laughs> Ashley says, I'll eat it, which is disgusting. Um, what? A snack's a snack. Yeah, that's true. Fish sticks, though, that smell. I know. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm not opposed to a fish stick, I'll be honest, but. I've had a fish stick in decades. Me neither, but if given, if somebody was like, oh, the option is just fish sticks, I'd be like, okay, I'm eating a fish stick. What if they said <laughs> fish stick, fish stick, or impossible nugget? Oh, impossible nugget. Okay. I love Impossible Nuggets. Same. Those are good. Really good. They're pretty good. Um, so now the pledges at KT are talking to Cappy and they're like, we want to bake this baby into a cake. Um, because whoever cuts the slice that has the baby gets like has gets good luck for the year. <laughs> it's a tradition with a mini baby, but this is a real sized baby doll. So it's gonna have to be a huge cake with very big slices. In this scene, it's pickle and dump truck. And I'm realizing that they look exactly alike, and that's why I keep confusing them when it's just one in the scene. Is it pickle and dump truck or is it Anthony Hopkins and dump truck? Oh my god, I don't even know. I thought it was Anthony it dump Hopkins. truck and Anthony Hopkins. I don't know. Anthony I, don't and- was, I don't think pickle was there, but maybe he was because they all three look alike. They all have brown yeah, hair. They maybe do. Hopkins, but yeah, I mean, even more so. So I just write the pledges. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I just guess. Fair enough. So, um, yeah. And then Rusty walks in. Oh, Captain's like, yeah, I'm all for this. I love that idea. He's really into it. Rusty walks in and he's like, this is looking like a great Mardi Gras party. He's jazzed. And he tells Cappy that he's bringing Catherine. And like the whole room gets quiet and he's like, what? I like her. She's really pretty under the headbands and pearls. And Cappy pulls Rusty aside and says he can't bring a date because 
Mardi Gras is a holiday that's all about debauchery and sex. And unless you know for sure you're going to have one, then like you shouldn't bring a date. Ew. It's really, I'm sorry, Cappy, the last three episodes, I have loathed Cappy. He's having a rough run. He's really being horrific. Like he is committing crimes. So Rusty's like, I think Catherine would really like the party. She loves jazz. And it was just really sweet. And Cappy yeah. takes the beads out of um, Rusty's hands. Like, you don't deserve these. So now we see Evan and Rebecca come downstairs at the Omega Chi house. And they just, you know, spent some quality time together. And they're kind of high off of love. Like, they're just, like, ogling at each other. And he says he loves her the necklace on her. Which I'm glad she got all of Hilgendorf's hair out. Ugh. I know and she leaves and Evan immediately like beelines for Calvin after she leaves and says like he knows Calvin is mad but he's sorry and he pawned his laptop to pay back the house and Calvin's like well how are you gonna get your laptop back of all things like I know pawn something you don't need and he says he's just gonna have to work more Somehow Calvin ends up apologizing at some point. He's like, oh, well, I'm sorry about that. Like, Calvin, don't apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. And then Evan um, is like, well, I made $50 catering the other night. So I'm on my way, which is, that's not a lot. <laughs> it's not a lot for catering all night. Um, and then he apologizes again. He's like, I'm really sorry. And they seem like they've, Calvin gets over things really easily. He's like, all right. Yeah. I mean, I guess, like, what are you going to do? But it seems like a pretty big fight at the time. Yeah, and how long ago would that have been timeline-wise? Like, a day? day before. Uh, literally yeah. a couple, because the episode before, Cappy mentions the Mardi Gras party next weekend, and that's why they need to work on their neighbor. And then they worked on their neighbor for a few days, and now we're at Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah. so yeah, it really was only a week. Yeah. She- Not even. Okay, so Casey is, like, studying at, I think it's, like, the espresso farm or whatever, and she gets up, and she spills coffee all over the table on her books and stuff, and suddenly Joel materializes out of nowhere, and he comes right up, and he's like, oh, I remember this book, I hated this book, and he's asking her how studying is going, and she's like, I'm good, I'm calm, but she's obviously not calm, she's very frazzled. And he goes, he's like, wow, like, I can't believe that. I was freaking out. Like, this is the most important test of your life. This is the biggest factor into getting into law school. Like, she's like, you're right. Like, that's what I keep saying, but I'm trying not to freak out. And he tells her to freak out now instead of freaking out on the test. And so she starts to get like wound up. And that's when Casey says she put all of her eggs in one basket. And if she doesn't get into law school, she just doesn't know what she'll do. And she kind of says it like in a freak out. Mm-hmm. And also, I graduated with zero eggs in any baskets. Like, I had no uh, idea. And again, most people fun. do that. It's February. You have a long time. Like, it's actually quite a while before graduation to figure it out. And I think that's pretty typical. The only people that have jobs or like plans for the middle of the year are people who had already gotten into grad school or had had like accountants or engineers or something. Yeah. Like that. Or who had like family connections. 
Yeah. But usually yeah. with people who's like the kind of jobs like recruited them before, like when you're an accountant, you get your job like years in advance. I know that always stressed me out. Like when at the end of junior year, people were like, oh, I already have an offer for like after graduation. Yeah. It's like, seriously, like after junior year. Yeah. It, it, it usually was for something like accounting or like finance. Yeah. Related. It's like for different types of industries. What's Casey, an English major? I mean, Cappy hasn't even picked a major and it's February of senior year. Well, he's not graduating that year. That's true. Like you'd have to like take a full course load of credits. No, that's what like, that's what they were planning on. Like he was going to declare a major and be there for like two more years. And he still doesn't think that's enough time. That is crazy to me. Like you're going to be walking around with like a walker. You're so old. And like at KT, like what, what's the end goal anyway? So after she freaks out, she says she feels better and Joel's like, great. And then he gets up to leave. He tells her that the other thing that helped him was that he had like a good luck charm of like this gross sweatshirt that he would wear every single day that when he studied and then he wore it when he took the test. And she's like, oh, can I borrow it? And he's like, you don't want to go to law school that badly. Casey is playing with fire. She is. It's platitude Joel. Can I borrow it? This guy, he, we'll get to it later, but he really does sound like he grew up in a Hallmark card factory. Um, So now we're in the lab and Rusty is passing Dana some kind of like beaker or something. And Dale is hovering over her shoulder and she asks him to stop. And Rusty's like, it's fine. We're going to be leaving for the party soon anyway. And that's when Dana, again, continues her mocking of Rusty. She goes, right, your big date night. And Dale gets upset because no one told him that there was going to be dates going to this party. Um, And Rusty assures him he doesn't need to be bringing a date. And he's very scarred from his, probably physically as well as emotionally scarred from his last date, which was the girl with the retainer. Mm. And... um, that's when uh, Dana like offers to go with Dale and Dale says that he hasn't agreed to ask Dana and wants to see her teeth because he wants to make sure that she doesn't have any dangerous orthodontia um and then eventually he like agrees to take her and that's when Catherine knocks at the lab door and she comes in and she asks to speak to Rusty alone and Dana kind of like makes fun of her for this, which I don't think it's that weird. Yeah, she goes, can we have the room? Yeah, I guess she's quite blunt, but like, not that weird. I don't know. Dana's like, oh, you were serious. She's very thrown by this. She leaves. And that's when Catherine tells Rusty that, you know, she spent all this time all through college preparing to graduate, basically. And, you know, she forgot to do a lot of things and she would like Rusty to take her virginity. And he's like, I'm flattered, but, you know, we haven't kissed yet or even figured out how to greet one another. And she says that they'll figure it out. And that's when she opens this like file folder with different condom choices for him to pick from for that night. And Rusty just seems kind of like perplexed. Like he's not a no. He's just like shocked. Yeah, his face is kind of like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's fair. Like, what would you say? Yeah, it's not something that's like typical. He looks like a little excited, though. Like, he has like a little bit of a smile. He's definitely not like 
mad about it. Well, it's also definitely amusing somebody putting this level of organization and professionalism into this absurd ask. (laughs) So So now um, the KTs are loading a keg into the truck um, and Cappy brings up Rusty's date situation and Rusty tells him about the whole sex thing and that it will be her first time. Um, oh, well, first he says um, she wants to have sex. And he's like, that, that's great with you, right? <laughs> he's <laughs> like, yes. And then Cappy is like, oh, she's a virgin. And then he's like, actually, that kind of tracks there. <laughs> and then Rusty's like, I don't know, like, this is all moving so fast. What's she going to want to get married after the third date? Which, like, Rusty, please. And also, you'd be so lucky. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. He would be so lucky. That would be, like, incredible for him. Yeah, his life would be made. Made in the shade. And then we find out, like, he's also having some performance anxiety about this. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is her first time. Like, what if it doesn't live up to her expectations? And Cappy is like... She has nothing to compare it to, so it's going to be the best she's ever had because it's the only time, which it's like, okay, it's over an oversimplification, um, but it, this is making Rusty much less anxious, and he's like, oh my gosh, what an opportunity, and then Cappy gives him Mardi Gras beads as a circle of the sex life in their frat family or some like woo-woo sort of karmic synergy speech he gives here that's really just saying that Rusty should do this and Rusty of course is honored so now Grant rushes over to Calvin very excited because he has two tickets to the gentleman's choice Mardi Gras party um and Calvin is like kind of lukewarm on it at first like he obviously wanted to go to Dabbler's um but Grant's like no this is my first gay holiday and he's really looking forward to this he's so enthused and I will say I previously was a Grant hater he's really grown on me and I also think his unwavering enthusiasm in the face of Calvin's indifference is inspiring (laughs) yeah he is a he is a good time. Like he wants to dance. He wants to have fun. And then he's like, and they offered me $500 to bartend shirtless, but I turned it down because I want to have fun with you and I want to just dance. And we then see a light bulb above Calvin's head go off. That's, also, that's so sweet that he like turned that down just so he can hang out yeah. with Calvin. Yeah. That's a lot of money um, for like just one night of bartending. Especially in college. Yeah. yeah. $500 is no joke. And honestly, choice for Mardi Gras sounds so much more fun than dollars. Oh, yeah. It would be like, especially when you see Gentleman's Choice later, it's like Gentleman's Choice is so much fun. Is Mardi Gras a gay holiday? How or Grant keeps saying my first gay holiday. I think what he means is just like, I think he's just looking <laughs> for any holiday to like go party at Gentleman's Choice. I don't think mm-hmm. I... I think everyone at CRU seems to be making a much bigger deal of Mardi Gras than anyone I've ever heard. Huge deal for not being a Southern school. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I remember when I was in Catholic school, we used to like celebrate Mardi Gras, but it was more of like the religious element of it. Like it was like, but it wasn't like this. <laughs> but then again, the writers really are trying to tease this season out into being just this year. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what's the next holiday we could think of? Okay. We need to have an episode at Mardi Gras. Casey is panicking because she doesn't have a lucky talisman was what he was calling it. Is that something like, never know. Um, I think I, it was in, um, Halloween town. Isn't the like torch keep saying talisman. Yeah. Um, which of course, like sh- she would be caught up on this detail, this insignificant detail, but it's just cause Joel said it, it's the same way that she reacted to the, some people are meant to have a cameo in your life or whatever. Um, it's like, you actually don't need, if it's not already an established lucky charm, you don't just pick something to right like down. stand in as a lucky charm like that's not because what he meant entire purpose yeah um and ash walks in um because she's looking all around her room for like her hair tie this purple hair tie that she st- used wore studying some of the time and um ashley walks in and she's like well Pete just let me know that he's not going to be here after all because the team decided to stay in Chicago. And so I'm bummed out about that. So Casey, how should I feel? (laughs) I love that. She's like, tell me how to feel. And Casey gives her a very prescriptive answer, a prescriptive and thorough answer. She's like, okay, well, how you react to this will set a precedent. So, you know, you should text him, but don't be cold. And you should uh, say you wish he was here, but you understand. And um, it's just like very measured and very specific. And I just love it. It's so cute. And Ashley's like, perfect plan. She's like clearly exercising her legalese speak now that she has it with her dropping the word precedent and like all this other stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. It is good advice. I was like, I was like, I was sucked in when she started talking about this. Like I was intrigued. Yeah, I was like, whoa, my ears are open. Now Calvin kind of like jumps out at Evan and throws this gentleman's choice gig in his lap by he's like what if I told you you could make $500 in one night and he's first of all eating ramen and he's talking about like how he didn't realize it was so good and now that he has to eat ramen because it's cheap like he's seeing a whole new world and he was like oh I would say you want to harvest an organ and then he's like no it's this gentleman choice gig tells him about it and Evan's like, mm, I told Rebecca that I would hang out with her tonight. Um, and then Calvin's like, but what if I told you it was enough to buy back your laptop? And he was like, okay, now we're talking. So now Casey runs into the KT house. She's still looking for this hair tie. Um, and Cappy is like, hey, it's a big day for both the Cartwrights. And Casey's like, what? And then rusty rounds the corner and she's like he thinks that cappy told her and he's like oh my god you told her about the catherine thing and casey's like what catherine thing did you do something dumb to make her annoyed and then he tells her about how they're gonna have sex tonight and she was like don't do this (laughs) like this is not she's feeling sick obviously 
And she's like, it's not a good idea. If it goes badly, first of all, I'm going to have to be the one hearing about it. And I do not want to hear about your sex life. And then Rusty's like, it's not going to go badly because he reiterates the talk that he had with Cappy about how, how could it possibly go badly if it's her first time? Like, please. And Casey bursts his bubble immediately. And she's like, uh, no, this girl reads. She has 22 years of expectations. Um, she has definitely built this up into her head. And Rusty is now very concerned. Rusty (laughs) should be. Yeah. Rusty quotes Cappy how Casey quotes Joel. The end all be alls for them. They're beacons. Um, so now Casey runs up to Cappy's room. She's looking for her hair tie. She finally finds it. And then she also finds um, the major declaration piece of paper that has chewed gum on it. Like he used it to spit out his gum. Oh my gosh. She's so disappointed. This scene is so dramatic, the way they filmed this. I know, because then we see her looking at this. And then in the background, Cappy is about to go into the room and say something to her. He sees her see it and he bolts and then right as he's out of sight she turns to see if someone's at the door and he doesn't know she doesn't know that he saw and he also told her that he had submitted the form right he told her but he was like in a lie like it was clear because he said three majors which you can't declare so like it was clear that he didn't yeah but he's being cutesy about it and it's like it's I don't really like when like guys do the like cutesy thing when what they're actually saying is they've let you down yeah and he's being a total coward he won't even come out and say it to her and he won't even confront her when she sees it like he's just he's being a loser he's regressing I will say yeah and what gets me the most upset is that he had that episode where he was like saying very clearly he was committed to her and then he's mm-hmm. backtracked on that yeah also I feel like he was kind of more of a mature and supportive partner to Rebecca yeah, yeah. like I felt like he was like acting really like like a really good partner in that relationship and now he's saved all of his like regression for Casey I feel like with Casey their dynamic is mommy like he she mothers him and he like he just fucks up and she like laughs at it yeah because remember how even he was like he thought he was too mature for lana yeah like it's kind of like he he was even more like he was even more adult like in that relationship so now we're at the test casey's finally in seat um, it starts and we hear her like voiceover of her thoughts and she's completely consumed by Cappy not declaring a major. It's really distracting her and then everything in the room is distracting her and it's just like, Casey, come on, don't do this, don't. Meanwhile, the party at KT is bumping. Beaver is announcing um, the next parade theme, people with cups. <laughs> um. <laughs> And Dale is talking to Dana about the history of Mardi Gras and she knows like even more facts than he does, which offends him. He wants to know the most. And then while they're talking, Dale spots Lara, who's supposed to be the sober sis, and she's drinking and he gets up to go talk to her about it. 
Oh, Dale. And she has like a he straw does... in like in the kiddie pool. Like, Ew, in the kiddie pool of punch. It's so gross. It's Ugh. so, so gross. Oh, because you know they did not clean that out since the last time they had punch in there. And it's been... Ugh. I can't even... Okay, gross, 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 gross. Catherine has a schedule. Like, she has her planner on her. Then Rusty sees this, and he's like, oh, is there a spot on there for sex? And she was like, yeah, there's a window. And then he's like, oh, you know what? I read somewhere that uh, the first time for a girl is not always the best time. He's, like, trying to bump down her expectations now. And he's like, I mean, like, how did you picture your first time? Like, who was it? And she was (laughs) said that she always imagined Al Gore screaming. I'm she's too good. This character is so fucking funny. Like Al Gore. <laughs> and then he goes, okay, at least it's not Robert Pattinson. She goes, who? <laughs> is she saying here that it's because Al Gore is a bad boy? I'm so, I like a smart bad boy, I think she says. Something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. No shame though. No kink shaming. If Al Gore is your type, that's your type. So... Ash and Rebecca walk into the KT party. They're both dateless because their men bailed. Um, and Ashley's like, we're just staying here long enough to congratulate Casey on her test when she comes up. And also Rebecca's eyeliner is so cute here. She has like blue Mardi Gras eyeliner and she looks adorable. It looks so good. I also took note of that. Yeah. It's really, really she has cute. like really expressive eyes. Like I feel like we mm-hmm. see it later and like, you can just see every emotion in her face from her eyes. So like they like pop with the blue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looked so good. So then Beaver approaches her and he's like, you look great. And he was like, oh, is that too far? And she's like, no, that's nice. And he was like, okay, great. Because I was going to ask you to go up to my room and ha- have sex again. But I thought that that would be going too far. So I didn't. And she's like, now telling me that now is going too far. He cannot get it together. He also, doesn't know when to close his mouth. No. When they walk in, Rebecca says that Evan is working a medical conference. What, such an odd lie. <laughs> I know. Uh, what? Just say yeah. you're catering. Exactly. Just say you had a job. It's like weird or like I Evan. It's too specific. Yeah, I cannot begin to understand the inner workings of the chamber brain. I feel like it's just a couple of ping pong balls rattling around up there. At this point. Yeah. Maybe it's because he's not getting brain food, like the fish sticks and blueberries. He's eating ramen. Yeah, he's he's sustaining himself off of ramen. Which also, wouldn't the Omega Chi house be feeding them anyway? Okay. So, <laughs> so now we're at Gentleman's Choice. Evan is bartending and Grant and Calvin are at the bar and Calvin unbuttons a few extra buttons on Calvin's shirt. And he's like, just go for it. Like lean in. And this like ignites something in Calvin. Like he's down to clown now. Grant unbuttons Calvin's shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, did I say Evan did that? Calvin unbuttons Calvin's shirt. Oh, well, 
<laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> so um, Evan is also being like a little bummed out that he feels like there's not as much action coming his way by way of tips. Um, and then he's like, actually, I know what I need to do. And he takes off his shirt and he says, I'm advertising. And they're like, Evan and Calvin or Grant and Calvin are like, for sure, like, go for it. Go off, King. He's kind of born for something like this. And he everyone starts bad. ordering, like, right yeah, away. They're, like, rushing him. They flock. They flock. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Who wouldn't? He looks good. And so then, and I knew this the second that I realized both of these ladies were now dateless, that they were going to wind up at Gentleman's Choice because who walks in Rebecca and Ash and they're there to have fun and not be objectified like the guys at the KT house were doing to them. Um, So obviously things are about to take a turn. And I'm here for it. So now the LSAT is over and Casey is leaving. And we literal stalker vibes. Joel is there waiting for her. It's creepy. And he was waiting for her at the coffee shop too. Like he definitely has been like. Following her. Following her. Also, why isn't it dark out? This test is like four hours long. No, it is. It's dark at that point. It's like dusk. Yeah, okay. yeah. She was like, oh, it went okay. I was just having a hard time concentrating. Doesn't say about what. And he brought her cookies and scotch. Just straight up scotch. Um, And he was like, do you have plans tonight? Because he knew she would need some cookies and lawyers drink scotch. And she's like, well, I was supposed to go to this party. And then she's like, looks at him and she was like, mm, but... I don't need to do that right now. It's not going anywhere. And so then they go off to eat cookies and drink scotch neat. When she says that there's a party, he looks so disappointed. And I'm like, yeah, this college girl has plans on Saturday, probably. Yeah. What, what the hell? Yeah. And like, couldn't you have said when you saw her earlier, like, oh, like what? what if I brought you a little treat after the test? Would that be okay? No. Oof, even that would be creepy though. Like you, I feel like. Well, yeah, but less creepy than just, just showing, showing up. up on a Saturday night and being like, your plan is me now. <gasps> Imagine him at the store buying those, buying the scotch and cookies. Like that to me, like is even creepier that he like went and bought them. Ooh, I'm getting scared. <laughs> ah, I don't. I'm scared. <laughs> And she is not phased. Like, she thinks this is cute. She's into it. Um, well, also, it's like someone's taking care of her. Somebody's thinking yeah. about her. Yeah. You know, I kind of get it. And he is cute. Meanwhile, like, Cappy just keeps calling it a test. And chews blue gum that he then spits onto paperwork. Yeah. Not the vibes. Or... Joel just gets it. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> now we're team Joel. Like, oh, actually... <laughs> how old do you think he's supposed to be 30 something i would say like 27 probably yeah i was gonna say he's 27 he's definitely older he's divorced and he's he can be divorced in 27 that would be a really short marriage i think 30 is really uh, like that would be really out of line i think he's like 32 he might be actually he's because he's in he... law school and he has a 
so law school's three years. Say he did it right out of college. He'd already be 25 at that point. And he has like a full blown, like high up job. I'm okay with you thinking he's 30. I think he might be 27. And if that's okay, if I think that. I guess. (laughs) I'll go somewhere in the middle. I'm going to say like 28, 29. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let us know who you think is right. Yeah, Lee, in your review, let us know what you think Joel's age is. He's about to turn 28. <laughs> yeah, it's he's for sure. What is this? He's a Pisces. He's a Pisces. Is he now? <laughs> I don't know if he is. Maybe. Maybe. He's giving male. He's, he is emotional. He's giving Gemini. Ooh. Ooh, kind of. Right. Yeah. I don't think he's a Scorpio because I think ma- male Scorpios sometimes are a little bit more like I don't think they would buy cookies no he would just buy the scotch neat anywho so now we're at the KT party and Cappy is loving it he's comparing it to Bourbon Street he's playing a trombone uh or a trumpet Uh, this is my segue into your story Jacqueline yes oh yeah we all three thought it was a different instrument (laughs) We couldn't get Possibly. our brass instruments correct, but I think Aaron was ultimately right with the trombone. Trombone. I said tuba, mm-hmm. and Thomas said trumpet, and then we thought it was trumpet for a second, which I did play the trumpet. Wait, you don't know this? You don't know this, Jacqueline Lore? I don't think so. I don't think I knew you no. played an instrument. No, well, you had to in fourth grade. Or maybe fifth grade. Fifth grade, you picked an instrument. So you could pick violin, flute, trumpet, tuba. Um, and I think those were the four choices. There might have been a fifth. But saxophone? Oh, clarinet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That tracks. So you went around and you tested all the instruments and the music teacher like scored you on which one they thought you had the best aptitude for. And mm flute I scored the highest in and I came home with my sheet and my mom was like so are you gonna do the flute and I was like no I'm gonna do the trumpet and Mm -hmm. ultimately I chose the trumpet because I believed that three keys meant that it only had three notes Mm -hmm. oh so I classic mix up the easiest thing to play because there was only three keys the trumpet is incredibly hard they're all hard. I played the flute, played yeah. very used very loosely. I could not for the life of me get it. And I'm not musically inept. I wasn't no. really good at the piano. And I could not for the life of me grasp how to play this flute. And I was like, I am struggling. Like I, and this was fourth grade for me. Yeah. And I kept telling my parents, I was like, please, I can't do it. I don't know how to play the notes. Take me out of this. And then the way that I finally was taken out of it was because we were practicing. I couldn't play any of it. The teacher saw that I wasn't playing any of it, stopped the whole thing, told me to play it alone, to which was met with silence because I didn't know how to do it. And I went home that day and I said, no, can I quit? And they were like, yeah, that's bad. Like, yeah. Yes, I it's humiliating. Was not, I was also not talented at the trumpet and there wasn't many of us playing the trumpet. So you really couldn't hide. Um, and then my mom would make me practice in the garage because that thing 
I mean, it travels that noise. is Yeah. If you're not hitting trumpet notes, that's not falling into no. the white noise. You can't close a door. I mean, I was literally in the garage trying to do the trumpet. It was so bad. And then I volunteered for a solo. <gasps> it was a self-inflicted pain at every turn you just want it to be heard and that's why we have this podcast yeah you know what if only they had had talking as an option I know we would all be so good at that Mm -hmm. really I would have excelled except for not this is your trumpet solo this is (laughs) this is your trumpet solo Rusty then explains that like he's on free party time like that's the part of the schedule he's currently on and uh Catherine is currently in the people from Wisconsin parade <laughs> <laughs> loved that so Kathy asks Rusty where Casey is and Rusty doesn't know either he's like oh I was like hoping she'd be here too but like I have no idea where she is and um Dale and Dana aren't having a good time it's becoming very clear like Dale then gets a call from a drunken sorority sister because Laura gave the girl Dale's number. And uh, Laura's about to get like beaded by a uh, KT. And then he like runs to save her from being beaded. I think he's going to go yell at her. She's like chugging. <laughs> oh, got it. I thought and he's like furious. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I really misinterpreted that um, making Dale look more like a hero. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So then Dana asks Rusty. Which he kind of does end up being for a lot of them. True. Dana asks Rusty about Catherine and Rusty tells her about their plans for the night to have sex. And she's really taken off guard and she's like really disgusted by how casual he's being about it. And she calls him a dog. And yeah, she's just like really, she's really like taken aback and like angry at him. Yeah. At first she tries to be play cool and she goes, wow, sex. And then she realizes, like, what he, the full extent of it, and she, like, loses it. And it's, like, honestly, I feel like she's not really being very fair in her critique. It's out of line, and it's, like, not the full story, and, like. Yeah. She's also, like, really weird about him taking her virginity or whatever. I think that just comes up. And I'm, like, this is Catherine's choice, like she can decide how important she thinks this is and if she's fine with it then you random girls that met her once should be fine with it right actually you don't even have to be fine with it you your stance is neutral because it's not your experience like yeah like her opinion does not matter here and she's also like telling rusty she's like oh you're that guy yeah she says you're a dog yeah storms away and he's like oh he says Catherine's gone with the schedule yeah it's true <laughs> he's like I'm not a dog um oh, and Dana also goes high five bro oh yeah like in her like frat voice I I she's very annoying to me and I just had deja vu saying this I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I saw her saying it when you said it just now your impression yeah. was so spot on thank you thank you I- I don't mind her as a character, um, but I do think this little arc that she's in right now is totally out of line. But I think she brings value. Like, I think she does. I like the she's dynamic funny. that she brings in the lab and, you know, the challenge that she brings to Rusty. 
Um, but she's yeah. way out of line here and it is annoying. Yeah. I, I also just don't like how she acts like what she says is like really reasonable because none of what she right. says is reasonable. Yeah, right. I was just going to say that I think like it totally is unreasonable. But then we'll learn later on why she's acting like this. And it, it maybe gives it a little bit more context. It's still out of line. But you can kind of see where maybe her frustration is coming from. So now, okay, ick time. We're outside on this bench. There is like no one around. And Casey and Joel are drinking scotch and being extremely flirty. And, and um, where is this? There's They're in some wilderness. Yeah, they're like around a lot of shrubbery. Yeah, this random bench. And Joel starts telling Casey about how he used to be a big partier. And like, because they're talking about, um, they're talking about Mardi Gras. And he's like mm-hmm. also talking about how he was, had a history of streaking. And like, you know, how he used to have these really wild days. Um, but those kind of, those days are behind him. And he's like, I find other things interesting now. And Casey at this point has leaned in in a way that is so inappropriately close. Yeah. <laughs> she has. She's done it. She did it. Yeah. And Joel lays another just really beautiful platitude on us. He says, you realize you've been there, done that. You start to find other things interesting. But of course this would land for Casey right now because Cappy is right now operating under the belief that he could never possibly find anything else in life yeah. enticing besides tomfoolery on a college campus. Right. So if you're, you know, four fingers of scotch in on an empty stomach after a stressful test and you hear this guy say that, I'm like, I get it. I get why you leaned in. Yeah, I mean- Joel talks in 2012 Tumblr posts, so <laughs> it's hard for yeah. an impressionable mind to resist. Like um, Kylie Jenner, the year of realizing things. This is the year of finding other things interesting. Yeah. You know, like the year the, you'll find things interesting and <laughs> realizing. Once you realize you've been there, done that yeah things interesting <laughs> I kind of thought like flirty vibes from even that line too that he's like other things like as though like now he finds Casey interesting yes <laughs> and she's like he, that. he really is giving and maybe I said this last episode or the episode before Matthew McConaughey in um Dazed and Confused I like college girls for a hit for Joel. It's college girls. I like college girls because I get older and they stay the same age. Like that is what Joel is giving. Yeah. It's creepy. And then they cheer. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That did kind of sound like him. He's here. He's here in the room with us. Maddie Maddie McCon. He's in your headphones. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So they cheers and they like take another (laughs) shot of whiskey or sorry, scotch. Yeah. So now we're back at the KT party. <laughs> um, the pledges author they offer Catherine a piece of king cake, and she's like, "I don't eat at frat parties." Fair. Finally. Wait, <laughs> I know. Literally, the fact that she said that. Meanwhile, Jordan Ray, I'll have a beef burger, even though I don't eat meat. Jordans <laughs> was scarfing down. I'm gonna get a burger left and right at the KT house. Yeah, and it have be- some tact. She was eating. She was eating uh, medium rare meats. Yeah, we get the idea that Catherine's looking for Rusty. Like it's not 
it's not uh she doesn't say anything but we kind of get that idea because she's kind of like looking she's walking with motive and now we see dale being sober sister from Z- for some zbz's and rusty <laughs> approaches him and he's like do you resent sheila for taking your virginity and he's like i don't think so and she's like he rusty says well didn't you leave god afterward he's like yeah but then i found him again yeah awesome like of all people to ask like probably don't ask somebody who has d- exhibited a lot of religious guilt that would be unrelated to somebody else who is more secular in their approach like but and then again dale still was like yeah whatever it ended up being fine also i do love that he is being the sober sis even though he doesn't want to i think it's very nice that he's reluctantly so caring for these girls because he i mean at the end of the day he's a great hasher yeah Fisher Fisher be making out with one of them happy approaches Rusty he's like what are you still doing here like I thought like you had plans for tonight and Rusty's feeling really torn by Dana's words and he's like does taking Catherine's virginity (laughs) makes me a dog and Pappy's like no this is what college is all about he says this is kind of spooky the way he says this he goes look around it's not going to get any better than this oh my god it's so crazy going to happen what does he think everyone that he likes is gonna stay like new people join everyone will graduate you will not know anyone and he's like he like pauses after he says that and kind of like takes it in and he's like i think he kind of like says it and then is like yeah that's true he like believes himself it reminds me i was um re-watching i started re-watching gossip girl i was telling thomas this earlier and um Blair's mom in one of the episodes she's like I just want you to enjoy this you'll never be as beautiful thin and happy as you are right now telling like a sophomore in high school that you'll never be happier than you are right now is really a way to set your daughter up for disaster but the same as Cappy being like you'll never be surrounded by so much fun and he's like waxing poetic he's like this is a magical place and this is what it's all about scheduling taking someone's virginity he actually does wrap it up with like somewhat solid advice i will say so he just says um but be your own moral compass and you know do what you feel is right for you and it's like yeah i think that's like good advice like it's not rusty's continued advice to him just think about it and do pick the right thing (laughs) like no it's yeah use your moral compass it's your call it's not Dana's call no Dale's call if anything it's Catherine's call as well and like well yeah of course yeah Rusty is absolved in this like I I don't know yeah decided to would not have been wrong of him Mm -mm. so now at gentleman's choice on the dance floor Calvin is having so much fun and he's like getting really excited and just rips off his shirt (laughs) and he's in it and then Grant, like, there's, like, a drag queen dancing next to them, and Grant takes uh the wig and puts it on Calvin, but Calvin goes, too far, too far, and kind of freaks out. Yeah, he's like, all right, that's too much. <laughs> and then Calvin sees Ashley and goes, dude, you look just like my friend Ashley. Oh, my God. <laughs> and she's, like, kind of offended by this. And then he, his face kind of falls, and he's like, oh, wait, like, why are you here? 
And Ashley's like, we were tired of being ogled by the KTs. So we came to dance and Calvin's like, we? And then she's like, oh yeah, Rebecca's here too. She's over at the bar. And that's when Calvin kind of panics and starts like sauntering off to the bar. Yeah, because at first he's like really excited to see her after she, even though she's like, you thought I was a drag queen. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. But then he's like excited. And then once he realizes and he tells Grant, he's like, can you dance with Ashley? I'm going to be right back. And like dances away because he's still feeling himself. He's still having fun, but he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. Uh, Harper. This is not good. Harper <laughs> is in the chat. Harper has entered the chat. <laughs> oh, no. so um now at the bar Rebecca is like hanging out at the bar and this shirtless guy in a mask comes over and approaches her and tells her she's hot and then he- right after she said she was sick of being objectified at the KT house yeah literally like right after that and then he also says like or she's like do you know that I'm a girl and he's like yeah. I'm a straight guy yeah He's like, I'm straight and you're hot. Yeah, it's... And she's, uh, first of all, into it, regardless of the fact that she just said she didn't want to be objectified, but... This guy is also so creepy. So creepy. Calvin then tells Evan at the bar that he should cover up because Rebecca is here because Evan's shirtless. And Calvin Mm -hmm. says, you know, what are you going to do? And then Evan puts a mask on and says, have a little fun on Mardi Gras. We're like, yeah. Yeah, like he is now thinking it's going to be like a playful thing and it's like really dark. Yeah, so Evan in the mask approaches Rebecca and this straight guy and he's like, what do you guys want? And she says two Cosmos and she doesn't really even like turn around. Well, she's, yeah, her back is against the bar. He has her pinned up to the bar. So still I'm like, Evan, how could you possibly think that this could still be like a good funny situation? in what world and then Evan turns all the way around to like get the glasses and then he turns around and immediately Rebecca is making out with this guy I gasped it was hard that was hard to see and he's like what are you doing and then they share like a really tense moment because he takes Evan is cuckold vibes he's like so hurt he it is really uncomfortable watching him process this the way he's standing there like a little kid in the rain what are you doing <laughs> you know what it reminded me <laughs> this week's episode of salt lake city LB. oh my god LB yes. when, when monica says you can walk home and she's standing, standing there in her pigtails what are you that serious was, that was evan mask off standing that there. was what is this real housewives of salt, salt lake city yeah yeah it's, it's Thomas the, you gotta watch you would love it I've seen a little bit of it I I haven't stuck with Thomas, it I cackle <laughs> this season is insanity there's this new girl and then her mom and her like have the most fucked up relationship but her mom stole her car and when she returned it she made her <laughs> oh my gosh okay that makes that's sense. not even the best thing that happened that episode it's not at all not even close <laughs> Angie, you threatened to ruin my family by spreading rumors, but I didn't. But I didn't. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, no, nope. no, that's Meredith. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> so good. Uh, 
I anyway. gotta watch this show once I finish selling Sunset. You um, watch Sunset, but you won't finish Vanderpump. Selling Sunset is like my Roman Empire. <laughs> it's like not even a quarter of as good. I love those gals and I love those houses. I love those gals. <laughs> Wait, you don't actually like the houses though. The houses? Like you don't actually like like them. The girls or the houses? So, the houses. Oh no, I love them. They're nice houses. houses. Oh, I can't be the only one that thinks those houses are so fugly. <laughs> okay, some, some of them are. sure, but some are like definitely. I've seen nice. three that I think are pretty. They're just big. True, and they're You're always like fifty million now. dollars. I'm picking on you too. <laughs> they're they're massive, like they're mansions, but they're like they look like boxes stacked on one another <laughs> there was one that had like a spot in it though I was like that's fine no it's kind of true like they look more like a mall but like it's fun yes, just yes. to look at that they all look like the Americana or like the Grove <laughs> <laughs> um okay so now at the Capitao party well wait real quick Rebecca when she doesn't even look remorseful she turns around no. and she's looking sheepish she's kind of like and she's Ooh. kind of like she was like, caught Did in the I act. do that? <laughs> yeah, that's her look is kind of more like, <laughs> huh? It is that. Yeah. So now at Capital, Dana's getting ready to leave the party and she's like totally over it. And she goes up to Rusty and says, later, dude, in her frat voice, <laughs> kind of <laughs> angrily. And Rusty's like, I don't know what you think, but I'm not a dog. I'm navigating my own moral compass. Anyway, why do you even <laughs> care? And she's like, can't you see it's because I like you it's like and he's rightfully confused like he is like I'm not picking up on this also yeah. asked her multiple times just this episode like are you sure you're okay with like me sharing this information with you are you sure you're okay with this like I, you know it's hard for me to be on Rusty's side but I'm firmly on team Rusty like he's yeah. repeatedly made sure that he's not like disrespecting her yeah Totally. And she's like, I can't believe you didn't see the signs. Like I put on makeup. I even calculated like the height of my heels. We'd be eye to eye. And he even says something kind of nice here. He's like, you did a good job with the math. Um, yeah. So then he's like, and he's confused. He's like, so you don't want to be my girl pause friend. And she like angrily rolls her eyes and she's upset. And she just like walks away. Yeah, she runs away. She says, she says for a smart guy, you're dumb. I really don't think this is a good example of him being dumb. No. no I can no. think of many others. Certainly. This is, it. This is not it. Rus- we're, we are team Rusty right now. This Rusty. Is, this is <laughs> no fault of Rusty. I feel that he's navigated all of these very strange situations the best that he could. Yeah. yeah. So now in that same moment, Catherine approaches and announces it's time. I wish I could do the Mariah Carey. Imagine I was whistle toning that. <laughs> it literally is yeah. so high that we can't hear it. Thomas. Wait, were you saying anything? Oh, were I you, was. Is it coming it's, out? Oh, no. It's... Zoom cuts it out. No, Zoom is cutting it out. Oh, my God. I thought Zoom that is... you were just mouthing. I think time. I actually did whistle tone because, like, Harp got upset. Yeah. Harper's feeling some type of way about it. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. So she did say it's time. 
<laughs> so she did say it's time. <laughs> I was trying to whistle to tone it. Apologies if you couldn't hear. Zoom kind of cut it out. Um. Okay, so Harper now- is so intense right now. The way she's at the side of the screen, <laughs> it's because- uh, we can see the whites of her eyeball staring I- into you. Oh my God, wait, I need to take a screenshot of this. I'm dying. I'm going to send you the screenshot so we can put it on the Instagram on Tuesday because that was insane. Yeah, we'll have to keep that in and show it on the Instagram. <laughs> okay, so now we're back on like that bench with Casey and Joel. I just wrote, ew, Casey and Joel are still hanging out. And they've moved on to the cookie portion of the bench. <laughs> they've moved on to the cookie portion of the evening. And <laughs> Casey then like kind of like, takes her hair down and she does it in kind of like a sexy way to like show her the lucky talisman and the moment becomes extremely flirty he it, starts yeah to, it's erotic he starts to touch her hair and yeah. then she like waits a moment like she kind of lets him and then she goes I can't I can't I have to go he's just like I have to go and he's like oh you have a boyfriend don't you he kind of like immediately guesses that and the fact that we he, we find out now she never mentioned Cappy. But also, I think he saw her with him at Dobbler's during that vote thing. Yeah. But he was there, but I guess when you think back, like, they, the only times they were interacting, he, he wasn't there. Yeah. Because he yeah. definitely didn't know. Like, it wasn't like, I don't feel like he was, like, trying to move in on a girl with a boyfriend the way that like he reacts like i she definitely has not brought cappy up yeah on purpose. no it's on that that is on her but. and i think probably part of it too is that she doesn't want this guy to know that like her boyfriend is like so unambitious right yeah and then he goes i have one more logical reasoning question why would a girl want to spend an entire evening with a guy and not tell him she has a boyfriend and she goes, good thing that wasn't on the test. Yeah, good I... fucking question, Joel. No, okay. Joel's so annoying. <laughs> oh my god, I'm team Joel in this scene. It's I mean, objectively I... weird that she didn't bring this up and then spent okay, this whole yeah, night it's... on a bench with him. Yeah, you're right. That is but you different. think he's 30, and if he is 30, it's different. If he's 27, it's a little less bad. He's weirdo. Like, even if he's not 30, I'm like, why are you showing up here? You're out, you are you have a full-time job. This girl's a senior in college. Like, it's clear that, like, she wants you to hire her at some point. Like, she's already asked you for a job. Like, their whole thing is weird. Like, yes, Casey sucks, like, in this moment, but she's also 21, and, like, an idiot like Joel is older than her he should not be doing this he's annoying like and he's creepy and I stand by I don't that. think he's not creepy but I think he is right to ask these questions you think the onus is on her in this moment and I, I understand that well she did she was like okay yeah let's hang out let's go sit on a bench yeah. I'm gonna not go to these plans she could have been like my boyfriend's waiting for me I gotta go Right. And she, yeah. she could have been like, oh, like, let's eat the cookies. Uh, but like, I told my boyfriend I was going to meet him. So like, you know, I don't want this to be the whole night. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally agree with you that she has a lot of the blame. I just am like, come on, Joel, don't try to school her in a lesson on like, how to be a good person. I'm just sick of him having this like moral authority. Like, it, come on. Yeah, but I feel like Casey's almost like handing it to him. She's like, I she's like wants him to tell her what to do. Oh, totally. Yeah. 
She loves it. She loves that he said that. She's repeats it again later. Her answer is kind of cute though. Like, good thing it wasn't on the test. Bites her lip. Thomas, you're shipping them. I'm you're shipping Josie. them. You're Josie. <laughs> Team Josie. Honestly, and, I'm they, kinda... and they should move into one of those houses on Selling Sunset. <laughs> yeah. Oh I'm team anyone, anyone but Cappy at this point. I'm like really over him. I think he needs a swift kick in the pants. PC and dump truck <laughs> forever. <laughs> Five ever. Anthony Hopkins. Oh my gosh. Rebecca would be so good on Selling Sunset. PC and homophobic trip. <laughs> no, never. Um, hey, Rebecca would be the like Christine Quinn of Selling Sunset. A hundred percent. So now we're outside gentlemen's choice and Evan and Rebecca are both really upset with each other. They're like in the alleyway. Yeah, it's like this like dark alleyway outside. It's like you can kind of see like steam, you know, it's one yeah. of those vibes. It's like outside mm-hmm. of the club. Mm-hmm. And Evan tells her that he wants to be exclusive. And she's like, wait, but first he he was like, that was weird. And she was like, yeah, not what I pictured a, a medical conference. It's like Rebecca. So she's Rebecca's clearly like trying to throw this more on him. Like you lied to me, and she's and like like, downplaying the shit out of it. (laughs) Yeah, she's really downplaying the makeout with that random guy. I think she says he was gay, which we yeah she claims. So she also like also maybe like it's not cool to be making out with really anyone though. And that's what Evan says. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. yeah I think that's what prompts him to say he wants to be exclusive and she asks why <laughs> and he's like because I care about you and she's like well I care about you too that doesn't mean we need to be exclusive Ex- oh my gosh exclusive exclusive <laughs> and Evan asks wait you haven't been exclusive and he's, he's like trying to rage he's enraged he's trying to guess who like she might have hooked up with and he even guesses Cappy yeah and then he's like, well, I stole them. I stole money from my house to buy you a necklace. And she's like, you didn't have to do that, first of all. Yeah, like, hello? What? And she's like, love doesn't work. She's like taking this really high level. And What's that Melania meme? Hello? <laughs> I literally, oh. when he said this in my empty apartment, I shouted, oh, Evan. Because it was insane. Because first of all, he now is totally acting like even like I get it. It's hurtful if you're dating someone, you're hooking up with someone, you find out that they have like hooked up with someone else. Like that's hurtful for sure. But if you didn't have that conversation yet, then it's like you can't be enraged at this person when you haven't had it. Like, it, yeah, it hurts. But like his rage is also clearly embarrassment about this and it's just like the way that he's handling it is so like does not match the level of emotional commitment that they were on and she was really clear about it honestly before about her level of emotional commitment there and she says that she's like I told you what I wanted and you know this wasn't it and, but like he makes salient points as well, saying like you are scared, which is the truth. Yeah, totally. But yeah. At the same time, you have to just go off of what she's saying, which is that she didn't want to be in a committed relationship, and she says that like that type of relationship doesn't work for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but she's... yeah, I think you're right that it's embarrassment. 
he's embarrassed. I think he's also just like hurt and he his mm, ego yeah. is hurt. And he's saying like, when she says love doesn't work, he's like, that's a lame excuse and you're just afraid. And then yeah. Rebecca says, well, this should have just been a one night stand. And then Evan calls Rebecca heartless. Oh my God. He goes, you know why you don't believe in love? Because you're heartless. <laughs> I gasped. Way I gasped. <laughs> you're heartless. That's how he said it. And then he turned around and Ash came out and he was like, take her home. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> kind of seriously. Like, which, is it, how fucked up is it that I'm like, when he says take her home, I was like, oh. <laughs> so sweet. He just um, her that she was heartless in an alleyway, and then he says, "Take her home." That's nice. He doesn't want her to walk. <laughs> also, she says at one point too. She was like, "You forcing this is what's screwing this up." <laughs> like, yeah. which like is clearly she's never going to emotionally be where he wants her to be anyway. So like, it's right. not totally true. It would be screwed up anyway. But also, it's like you're really, really pushing this person who is like. Please stop pushing me. Yeah. I think Evan like really wants to be like chosen. And I also yeah. think that like he's like, I can fix her. And she's adorable. And that eyeliner, she's looking uh, so freaking cute. Wait, I was gonna say that this like scene, honestly, she was doing eye acting on the level of Megan Faye and um I in know. White Lotus. Oh, White Lotus. Like she yeah shifts in like 10 seconds to like 10 different emotions and it was incredible she's an incredible actress award for this she really is so good the fact that this series was her first like real acting gig i know unreal she was i think maybe one of the youngest stands Yeah. yeah I know. And I think she's, didn't she say she was filming another show when we talked to her? I'm excited to see what that is. She was working on a project, yeah, when she was in Atlanta that she wasn't able to announce yet. I wonder what that was. I know. I hope we I should hope look we and see. plug it. Yeah, yeah, I hope we see more Dilshad soon because she's so good. She's so, oh, I miss her. How nice she was to us. <laughs> really? I know. I was like listening to that interview just like for fun the other day and was like, oh my God, she's so nice. She was so sweet. Like, literally, she, like, made me feel warm. Same. Yeah, I feel like she was, like, I feel like now that we've met her, I can tell what are, like, glimmers of her personality in, the Re- in like, Rebecca sometimes. Like, when Rebecca's mm-hmm. really nice, I'm like, that's that was Dillshot instead. That's Dillshot. <laughs> yeah, and she's so <laughs> More good than an hour talking to her, we know. <laughs> that's the sweetie pie I know. <laughs> yeah, we know her super well. um but I'm also sad for both of them in this because they're so fun to watch together and like they clearly do get each other on levels that other people don't and it just sucks that like this is the way that it all had to spiral out of control because they were such a power couple I agree they were something don't you think so I feel like she just were in 20s tossing pennies in the pool Rebecca just wanted a modern open relationship like would have done really just wanted the one Brooklyn or something yeah Evie baby you're heartless oh my gosh yeah that was was a little far heartless okay okay he wanted to hurt her like she hurt him true now we're in Catherine's dorm room and Rusty's sitting on the bed Catherine walks in in a robe and she takes off the robe and she's wearing like a men's dress shirt. 
And she's like, I watched nine and a half weeks and apparently men find it erotic when women wear dress shirts. She and, said research shows. <laughs> yeah. And Rusty's like into it. Like he seems to be He's like, like, all right. I mean, she, she looks, looks great. Good. And so then she and Rusty start awkwardly kissing. And then she says, I am prepared to dance for you. That was show stopping. That was upsetting. Yeah. And he's like, no. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, um, Rusty says, maybe we should just get comfortable. And Good call. Again, Team Rusty. Yeah. Rusty, Rusty. This is very episode. uncomfortable. Like, what? What? I'm, I was so confused. Like, what does she mean by that? I'm prepared to dance for you. Like, you guys want to hear the IMDb summary for nine and a half weeks? Okay. Yeah. So it's starring Mickey Rourke, Kim Basinger, <laughs> and Margaret Witten. And the IMDb summary is a woman becomes involved with a man she barely knows. Complications develop during their sexual escapades. Wow. I, at first, was thinking Mickey Rooney. <laughs> <laughs> no. So this totally is probably a reference. Vibes. This is probably a reference to that movie I'm imagining. I think. Yeah. So then Rusty goes in for a kiss and Catherine says, I can't believe I'm finally getting this over with. Mic drop. Mm, literal mic drop. Literal mic drop. Rusty gives her a look and she says, oh, did it already happen? Okay. And then that part scared me. Yeah, I didn't like that. I wish that that was not in. I really yeah. wish that they didn't add that because I do think that's like really giving her no, like that undercuts kind of like what we know about her character. Like yeah. she would know, she knows how, like she's very smart. Even when you have never had sex before, you know how it works. Like I didn't like that they made her like stupid in that way. Yeah, I didn't like that either. I did not like that. It was, yeah. And then Rusty's kind of taken it back and he's like, you make it sound like a transaction and Catherine's like, well, in a way it kind of is. And Rusty says he doesn't want to be someone she gets this over with, with. And then he's like, I wish I was a bad boy like Al Gore. <laughs> and he apologizes and walks out. Yeah, but this scene is very out of character for Catherine, I feel. Yeah. I mean. Not character for Rusty. I guess that these are like heightened circumstances. So maybe it's like. I don't know. Yeah. It wasn't and their finest moments. No. And I think like, I think Rusty made the right call for himself in that moment and like totally fair, but I did feel bad that he left her so abruptly just sitting there. You know, I know. It was he just leaves. Which like, <laughs> okay, if you're uncomfortable, I do get it. Also, if the coins were if the flipped, whatever. If it was a, the other way around, um, you know, if a guy was like making a girl feel like uncomfortable in like a sexual way, I get it. Like I would be like, yeah, just leave. You don't need to comfort them. So like, but I just felt bad. She was sitting there confused, very clearly very confused more than we realized. Well, I feel um, like that too, because I feel like with something like that would happen, you would like blame yourself. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. He does kind of make her feel bad. He doesn't mean to and I don't think it's like actually mean but like I think mm. as a girl you would be like oh something's wrong with me yeah but also I was thinking that but then I was like the what we know about how Catherine in like 
processes things, I yeah. feel like she would be very logical about it and would just feel like, oh, he doesn't want it to be transactional. Okay. Yeah, that's true. 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 That's she's true. not a super emotional. Like, I think she would take it at face value. Yeah, right. she's very logical. So now the KT party is winding down and Dale is sober sister walking a very drunk Laura home. <laughs> and she gives him beads that say, show your butt. <laughs> and then Casey walks in and she's like, wait, hold on, hold on real quick. In that interaction too, she's like, you're the best sober sister, Dale. And he's like, great, vote for my raise at the next chapter meeting. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. Yeah, truly. And Casey walks in and she's like, Dale, Vora. And then <laughs> she finds right. Cappy. She kind of like walks through the house and she has like this kind of like long walk through the house. Like she's walking over the trash, like all the Mardi Gras beads. There's like one couple just standing there making out. Um, It's almost now that I'm thinking about it, kind of reminiscent. It kind of parallels that scene from the pilot where Rusty walks into the Omega Kai house and it's kind of empty except for one couple making out. Oh yeah. And then he goes upstairs. Cinematic parallels, if you mm-hmm. will. And so she finds Kathy sitting on the back step and he's like, oh, you're just in time for the final parade of the evening, which <laughs> is just dump truck pulling beaver in a wagon. <laughs> and Kathy- Maybe this- dump truck, maybe Anthony Hopkins, maybe Pickle. <laughs> yeah, one of one of the brunette Capitao brothers. And Jacqueline, this is where I noticed that he, yeah, he doesn't mention the LSAT. He just goes, how did your test go? Yeah, he never calls it the LSAT. He calls it a test, the test. Yeah, okay. And the, you're going to laugh when I say this or like maybe gasp when I say this, but I totally <laughs> misheard her. So she goes, there was one logic question that I that tripped me up. And he goes, what was it? And for some reason, the first time I was watching, like I had to rewind this scene right when she, because I was like typing and she goes, so she says, I saw the form. But for some reason I heard I slept with Joel. <laughs> what i i gasped and laughed so good call thomas but she does say i saw the form she did not sleep with joel and she's like mad she did not sleep with joel she's like why did you lie to me you're nowhere close to picking a major and he says i didn't want to distract you but she's like too late you did by not like deciding a major and by lying to me and he says he's just not ready to graduate simple as that and she's like, well, this changes things. Yeah. <laughs> and then absolutely. she drops this. She drops, I almost kissed another guy tonight. And he's like, what? And I am she, glad she told him though. I'm glad she told him. Yeah, too. me too. And she's like, Joel brought scotch and cookies. And she's like, oh, and she even mentions here because scotch is what lawyers drink. And she's like, I don't know what my plan is because you don't know what your plan is. And that's really bothering her. I was just going to say, like, context of this whole scene. At first, when she came into this, I was like, Casey, I don't think you should be really confronting Cappy, who's been drinking since 9 a.m. They both are stone cold sober. (laughs) I don't know. Like, they weren't even trying to act tipsy. Like, she just had all of that scotch on an empty stomach. He woke up and had a 9 a.m. beer and has been partying all night long. And they're like completely coherent yeah continuity error (laughs) um she also said like i don't want to pressure you like he said he can't um he didn't tell her because of all the pressure she's been putting on him which she hasn't by the way that's you putting that on yourself dude and then you also said i'm ready to declare a major exactly she wasn't even mentioning it until he did 
And yeah. then she was like, well, I don't want to put pressure on you, but I thought we were past this, which is totally fair because he told her that. Yeah. 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 And he's like, I don't have a plan. I just know I'm not ready to graduate. And she goes, ever? And he replies, maybe. <laughs> and she's like, that like takes, that like really makes her take a step back. And she goes, you know, I'm going to stay at ZBZ tonight. Yeah. Rightfully so. I can't imagine something that would dry a girl up quicker than hearing her boyfriend is maybe never ready to graduate college. <laughs> I think there's that movie with Ryan Reynolds and maybe Tara Reid, somebody else might be Anna Ferris, but uh, it's like, I think it's called Van Wilder and he's like a college student forever. Oh, I've like, heard of that. Yeah. Anyway, that's going to be Cappy. It's interesting really? though, now that I'm thinking about this, like it's interesting that she's like, I don't want to be with someone who's going to hang around college campus forever. Yet she was just spending time with a potential 30-year-old hanging around a college campus. He doesn't see it that way. No, but the final... Well, at least he has a degree. Yeah, at least he has a law school degree. Allegedly. He got two while he was there. This person saying, I'm never going to get one singular one. True. Again, like, I really want to understand what Cappy thinks is going to happen. Like, he's you could live there forever, sure, but it will not be fun anymore. He's not thinking, I think, is the key here. He's yeah. just in the moment. Yeah, like he's confusing emotion in the moment for logic and reality. And yeah. it's like, no, you can actually be feeling something and something at that point in time feels good. And that doesn't mean that the reality of life is that should be every moment for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it, you wouldn't want to spend every single day at a theme park. Like, the happy what? That's the best day you ever had. <laughs> I know. Because no, he's like a kid and at Disneyland. Also, it's like you expressed to her like I'm ready to make this like commitment to a major like he brought it to her and like I would also think okay then like I'll proactively help this person because they're saying I want to do this and so like they're they seem to be struggling with this how can I help them and it's not pressure it's you wanted this and Casey is capable of being supportive I agree yeah so the final line the final line of the episode is just her saying happy Mardi Gras and she walks out the final shot is like Cappy sitting alone amongst all the Mardi Gras trash like all over the lawn it's emo it's only him and it's like a zoom out shot and that's gonna be his future I was just to say he better get used to it yeah sad bleak really bleak lots of losers to pick from I know let's start with winners Start with winners. Start with winners. You want to go or should I go? Go ahead. I'm going to go Rusty. That's a good winner. I mean, we were trusty this whole time. Yeah. yeah. I think he followed his heart. Moral his compass. Compass, and I feel like I just feel like he was on the right side of things this episode. Like with Dana, I don't think that she was being clear at all. I felt like he was mm-hmm. actually really respectful of her and mm-hmm. very attentive to her boundaries and it was her that was lying about what they were so yeah and um he was very he's very sweet with Catherine I feel like all of his interactions with her were very sweet um yeah he's appreciative of her 
Yeah. And I think he, yeah, I think he like recognizes that she's like a special person, which I like. Um, yeah. And I think he made the right choice ultimately. Me too. Thomas. I was going to say Dale for stepping up being yeah, a good winner. And yeah, he was, um, but he also was bringing the lulls this episode. He was funny. Giggles, giggle time with Dale. Um, <laughs> love Dale, obviously. Giggle time. My winner is Calvin, actually. Um, first, mm. because I love seeing him finally let loose and really like have a fun time and um, let Grant see that side of him because he's been standoffish towards him of late. But more than that, I actually am choosing him as my winner because I like that he has didn't completely ice Evan out after their conflict in the episode before, because it just reminded me that of all of the characters, he is the one who always understands how to be a supportive friend and how there can be contradictions in friendship. And like, even if you have conflict, he still loves his friends and yeah. I really liked that and then we really saw the opposite side last episode or two episodes ago whenever it was with Ashley like really not leaning into that side of understanding how to like love and support your friend when they're doing something that like you don't approve of and I just like think Calvin is just such a good friend he's the best friend of the show in my opinion like and so that's why he's my winner agree yeah. losers so hard to choose where do we start i want to say cabby but i think i've said in the last two episodes <laughs> that's that's okay if, if your heart desires maybe it feels unfair to say joel because it's like this isn't his relationship to be you know what i mean it just he's just weird but like it's he not can right. be the loser yeah i'll call him a loser just because i'm like can you stop appearing on the cru campus yeah. There. Yeah. Do you think he lives in downtown Cypress Roads? Well, does he live in Cypress or Rhodes? <laughs> I'm starting to feel like you, he lives on campus. <laughs> he lives, he lives in the dorms. Yeah. He's an RA. Oh my God. No, um, I mean, he's annoying to me. It's not really that he like actually create, like committed some offense. I just find him irritating and weird. Yeah. yeah. I think Thomas, who's loser, your loser? I think my loser, it's like once again, I also kind of want to say Cappy, but I'm kind of giving him a little bit of a pass here. I think I'm going to say Dana. <laughs> um, oh, that's a good loser. Dana. I just am kind of like Dana, like Rusty was trying so hard <laughs> to make you feel comfortable, was asking you multiple times, is this weird? Is this awkward? I feel like she also regressed this episode because she we were so proud of her last time. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Dana. Sorry, Dane. Um, my loser is Evan for making it seem like Rebecca forced him to be a thief. (laughs) (laughs) Not really into that. (laughs) Yeah, like, though it was definitely sad for both of them and I was really feeling the pain, that was unforgivable. That was nutty. He has a habit of taking it just a stretch too far when he compared stealing the jewels or <laughs> they're stealing the money to um Calvin being gay like <laughs> crazy not a good arguer which is really good that he's getting his law degree 
No, absolutely. Yeah. This energy too that he gave in that moment was like when he said heartless was the same energy he gave to Casey when he said, do you love me or do you love the idea of being with me? Yeah. No, you love what I can do for you. Yeah. It was something like that. Oh, it was really intense. And she even was like, (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> woo. <laughs> he was too stunned just uh i liked this so though yeah. was good. drama was interesting drama was yeah. brought oh for sure i wonder for sure i don't remember what happens to pete but like i don't feel like we really see him that much again if we do see him i like that he never just- comes back from chicago i think he might have one more he- up at a lacrosse game yeah maybe he's at a lacrosse game he's staying the night in Chicago yeah because I saw he was on IMDb he was in four episodes and I think we've only seen him in three right uh, maybe he'll be yeah I'm not yeah I don't feel the love he got to be returning as Paolo <laughs> yeah I'm ready for his for him to be out of Ashley's life I don't think he's giving what she needs no well Thanks for joining us, us on this fun down memory, memory lane. lane. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. We're so thankful for you. So thankful. <laughs> Bye. Bye.